The House and the Senate are both in recess. The Senate will return on Wednesday, August 15th, but the House will not return until Tuesday, September 4th. So last week on the House floor, no action. They were out of session. This week on the House floor, no action. They're out of session. Last week on the Senate floor, no action. They were out of session. This week on the Senate floor, they'll return on Wednesday at 5.30 p.m. The Senate will proceed to a roll call vote on the motion to invoke cloture on the nomination of Marvin Quattlebaum Jr. to be U.S. Circuit Judge for the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals. Next item of business for the Senate will be the nomination of Julius Ness Richardson, also to be a U.S. Circuit Judge for the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals. Then the Senate will begin to move on two more appropriations bills, the Defense Department Appropriations Bill and the Labor, Education, and Health and Human Services Appropriations Bill. On the FBI Department of Justice front, House Judiciary Committee Chairman Bob Goodlatte is preparing to send out subpoenas for Justice Department official Bruce Orr, his wife Nellie Orr, who works at Fusion GPS, and Fusion GPS co-founder Glenn Simpson, says The Hill. In addition, Goodlatte is apparently prepared to subpoena other current and former FBI and DOJ officials, including Jim Baker, Sally Moyer, Jonathan Moffa, and George Toscas. On the Iran front, last Monday, the Trump administration reimposed tough economic sanctions against Iran, three months after President Trump announced U.S. withdrawal from President Obama's non-treaty executive agreement nuclear deal with Iran and other nations. Europeans and the media predictably went nuts. On the leadership front, Mark Coleman, one of the former Ohio State University wrestlers who had claimed Representative Jim Jordan knew of sexual abuse against wrestlers while he was an assistant coach, has now recanted his claims. A month ago, he told the Wall Street Journal, quote, there's no way unless he's got dementia or something that he's got no recollection of what was going on at Ohio State. I have nothing but respect for this man. I love this man, but he knew as far as I'm concerned, end quote. But on Thursday of last week, he told CNN he wants to clarify his comment, and he stressed that he has no direct knowledge that Jordan knew or was told of any sexual abuse. Quote, maybe I spoke without thinking. He said, this has absorbed my life. Since I've said that, it's consumed me 24 hours a day, and I don't like the way it was heading, the direction it was heading. I was angry and said words that I shouldn't have said, he continued. He may have known about some locker room banter because we did joke about it in the locker room, but I don't know of anyone ever reporting it to Jim Jordan directly, end quote. On the Russia front, last Wednesday, the Trump administration announced new sanctions against Russia to punish the Putin government for its role in the March 4 nerve agent attack against former Russian spy Sergei Skripal and his daughter in the United Kingdom. These sanctions are mandatory under the 1991 Chemical and Biological Weapons Control and Warfare Elimination Act, which requires punishment of governments that use chemical weapons in violation of international law. Under the law, a second and more far-reaching round of sanctions will kick in in 90 days, unless the Putin government assures the Trump administration it will no longer use chemical or biological weapons and agrees to allow on-site inspections to verify it has stopped doing so. But given that Russia's response to the first round of sanctions has been to deny that it used chemical or biological weapons, it's doubtful that the Putin government will admit use and allow on-site inspections. Now to the Supreme Court front. On Friday, the Senate Judiciary Committee announced that it will hold the confirmation hearing for Judge Brett Kavanaugh beginning on September 4. 
The hearing is expected to last three or four days. Senate Majority Whip John Cornyn indicated that the early hearing timeline will allow for a confirmation vote in time to have Kavanaugh seated on the Supreme Court before it begins its next term in early October. Democrats and the media predictably went nuts. They insisted that they be allowed to examine all documents generated during the two-plus years Kavanaugh spent as staff secretary to President George W. Bush. For them, getting to see tens of thousands of documents generated when Kavanaugh served in the White House Counsel's Office or the Whitewater Independent Counsel's Office isn't enough. The pro-Kavanaugh confirmation team put out some talking points Friday, and I think it makes sense to pass them along. Judge Kavanaugh has been on the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals for 12 years. He has issued 307 opinions and joined hundreds more. He has a comprehensive record of jurisprudence that has been in the public domain for years. The committee has reviewed hundreds of thousands of documents, more than were submitted for both Justice Gorsuch and Justice Kagan. Documents submitted to the Senate Judiciary Committee pertaining to Judge Kavanaugh's time serving in the White House Counsel's and Independent Counsel's Office are the largest number of executive branch records ever submitted to the committee for a Supreme Court nominee. Judge Kavanaugh returned the most comprehensive bipartisan Senate questionnaire in Judiciary Committee history. Senator Grassley has allotted more time between the nomination of Judge Kavanaugh and the start date of hearings than the timeline established by former Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Patrick Leahy for Justices Sotomayor and Kagan. Senator Leahy scheduled hearings 49 days after the nomination of Justice Kagan and 48 days after the nomination of Justice Sotomayor. Judge Kavanaugh's hearings will start 57 days after his nomination. Hearings for Justice Gorsuch were held 48 days after his nomination announcement. Jenny Beth's column in The Hill last week drove home a very important point on this. The difference between the Kagan nomination and the Kavanaugh nomination is that before she was nominated to a lifetime appointment to the Supreme Court, Elena Kagan had never served as a judge at any level. She had never published a majority opinion or even a dissent. The only way to learn about what she knew about the law was reading other documents she had produced earlier in her career. Kavanaugh, by contrast, has been a judge on the second most important court in the land for a dozen years. He's published more than 300 opinions. Anyone who wants to know what he thinks about the law can find whatever they want in those rulings. There's no need to look at documents that were generated more than 20 years ago. Stay tuned. And that's our Washington Report for this week.